Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to chapel. All right. So, what's the what's the uh, the symbol when this up front wants you to be quiet? You go like that or something like that. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about confusion. But again, I have a couple fun things before we get to our message this morning. Um, oop, I'm turn this on. The final step. All right. So again. Keep asking those questions. You have two days, today and tomorrow left, so this is your opportunity. If you've got a question and you're wondering something, ask. All right? And um, one other question that people have been asking me about is, can, you, can I teach you how to draw? Right? So who here knows what a caricature is? Have you ever seen a caricature before? It's kind of a funny likeness picture of someone. Sometimes they go really crazy and give you a big nose or you know, something. But it's supposed to still look like the person, right? Here's a couple examples of caricatures that I've done in the past. And I have to say, I'm not a fan of the first one that I'm going to show you, okay? Someone in this room might be, though. Okay, do you know who that is? <laughs> All right. On the count of three, tell me who it is. One, two, three. Does he play football or something? Yeah? Okay. I just thought I'd show you the whole thing just in case you didn't know who it was. So there's Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. All right. But I'm a, I'm a fan of a rival team, and so I have to show you a caricature of one of those players. But... This guy played so long ago that I didn't think anyone would know who he was, so I had to show Aaron because you guys have seen him, all right? So this guy was one of my favorite, favorite players a long time ago. Chris Carter, very good. Love Chris Carter. Anyway, so caricatures are fun to draw, and again, you want them to to resemble the person that they're supposed to be because that's the point, right? Well... I drew a caricature of someone here at camp. And um, what I want you to do is watch. This This is going to be a, a video of me drawing the face. So you're going to see it in process. It's going to go really fast. Raise your hand when you know who it is because you might not know it till the very end. But I want to see who can get it the fastest. Just raise your hand, okay? You ready? And your mark. Get set. Go. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? You know who it is? Oh, there he is. So what do you think? Does it look like him? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, so some of you guys have been asking me, can you teach us how to draw or how do you, what, what types of advice do you have? Um, and I can't do much here at camp just because of time constraints and schedules and all that, but I do have some resources that I can point you to real quick this morning. Um, I do a draw it and know it, I talked about that earlier, a draw it and know it feature for Reasons for Hope, and you can find that online. I'm gonna show you how to do that in just a little bit, where you, uh, I give 
animal lessons where you draw these animals and then I teach you about them from a creationist point of view. So it's like a drawing and creation lesson all in one. They're really fun little videos and lots of kids have been doing them and I'd love to see you guys do them and send me messages that you saw me at camp and you're drawing my draw and know it, okay? So, um, and then I have, this is a personal thing, I have my own YouTube channel and I've been making videos specifically for young people to have a safe place to go to draw and um, you won't have to worry about you know, curse words or subject matters that are inappropriate or whatever that sort of thing. And I want people to think Christian too when they're drawing. So that's the type of videos that I've put on my YouTube channel. I'm trying to at least put one up there each week. So I'd love to have you come to my YouTube channel too and, and uh, follow uh, some of my lessons on there. So you can go to r4h.com and that's the Reasons for Hope website r4h.com. You can find some of the um, draw it and know it's on there, but you kind of have to search around a little bit. It's kind of hard for me to describe how to get there. So my, web, my personal website, danletha.com, has links to the Truth Jabs, or cartoon that I do, the draw it and know it's, and then my YouTube channel. So it's really easy to find all of those things from my personal website. So that's a, just the easiest way for me to get those things in your hands. Is everybody done writing that? You, just find my name and add a .com afterwards, so danletha.com, okay? All right, so we've been playing lots of games and having lots of fun, but life is more than a game. So I want to give some hope. Now today's topic, tonight especially, is going to get a little heavy, but there's real hope. And it's very, very important that we go to God's Word and have our thinking based in that when we think about different topics in life, okay? So I want to show you a couple pictures, and I want you to, um, well, think about it anyway. Are there any people in these photos that are related, all right? Any, any people that are related in these photos? There's a good-looking bunch of guys right there. Hmm. Are any of them related? Okay, next photo. Are any of these guys related? Yeah, I think. Okay. They're thinking really hard, too. It was really, really good acting there. So, okay. The seven C's. Let's go. God made his creation. Very good. Man's sin brought to God's very good creation. God judged man's sin with the catastrophe of a global flood. Confusion, Christ, cross, consummation. All right, so the seven seas of history. And uh, we just covered yesterday that uh, God judged man's sin with a, a catastrophe of a global flood, right? So that was very interesting. We can see stuff in the world today because of that event. But the question then is, what happened after the flood? Very, very good question. And actually, what happened after the flood has brought a lot more questions to this world, such as, why are there so many different-looking people? I mean, even in this room, we have a variety of different-looking people, which is fantastic. It's wonderful. God made us to look different. It's like a... It'd be kind of boring if we all looked the same, right? But we have a wide range of different qualities, okay? So not only do we look different, but... There's lots of different languages all over the world, so people kind of scratch their heads sometimes and think, 
Why is that the case? Well, we're going to talk about those two things this morning. And um, our thinking, again, needs to be based in Scripture. So we're going to take the lens of Scripture, we're going to look at the world, and we're going to come up with some conclusions that I think are correct because God has given us information about those things. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, um, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So God wants us to think like him and not like the world. The world's thinking causes violence and hate and all kinds of other stuff. God's thinking causes peace and unity and things that we want to have. So again, our goal is to think like God. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 11. There's nine verses here that's going to tell us about the, the event at the Tower of Babel, or Babel, however you want to pronounce it. Okay, so I'm going to read all nine verses, and then we're going to talk about it. Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. So they all wanted to stay in one spot. They didn't want to spread out. They thought they had a pretty good thing going at Babel. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all of the earth, and they left off the building, and uh, they left off building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. All right. So what happened? Everyone gathered in one spot. They, they migrated from where the ark was. The population increased over time. People were having babies, and so there were more and more people. They decided to stay in this one spot and build a city and a tower. Now, people kind of read too much into the tower part sometimes because they think, oh, it, was, it went up to heaven, and they try to imagine all these things. Well, I don't necessarily think that's the important part. It's just that there was a tower in the city, okay? And they all decided to stay together. But God wanted them to move apart. And they said, no, we're going to stay here. And so God confused the language, and that forced them to move apart. So God got his way. And, uh, and that's very important because it's affected the world and how we see it today, or, or how the world operates and functions today. All right, so here's a map that I found. It's a very interesting map. It's a map of human language. And you'll notice that... Um, the colored areas represent different languages, and it's this kind of a basic breakdown. I think there's more variations of languages inside even the United States. You know, people talk with a southern accent in different parts and that sort of stuff. But everyone inside those colors can pretty much communicate with each other. And isn't it easier to live next to people that you can actually talk to 
versus someone that you could say things, but you're just making noise to them. They don't know what you're saying. So those, those areas tend to be very big, and people that say this or talk the same way like to be together in the same place because you can communicate with them. That's just how it goes. So that kind of answers that question about languages. You know, God made different languages, and all the people that spoke the same thing went to the same place. But that still doesn't answer the question of, so how would that make the different looking people groups that we see today? Because again, we have different, um, different looking people. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. All right? And the Tower of Babel incident with everyone spreading out um, is, a, is a key to understanding that issue. All right, so you'll notice that on the map as well, on the world, that different countries tend to have different looking people, correct? You, know, you go to Africa, or you go to Asia, or you go to the United States, or England, or, or whatever it is, tend, people tend to have similar qualities in those areas. Not that people can't move around and kind of mix things up a little bit, but um, the map kind of gives a, a breakdown of different people looking qualities. All right, so here's a question for you. How many skin colors do you see on this picture? Who says six? Who says five? Who says four? Three, two, one. Okay, well, the answer is one. And again, that's not how the world thinks. They like to divide us up and make as many different races as they can. But that's a problem because then we think of each other as different and, ooh, you're not as good as me and you're different than me. And so we, we play this game of being better than the other person and that's where racism and things get us in trouble. Okay, so let's think about the genetics. Now, we've been talking about dogs this week, correct? We've been talking about how the, those two wolf kind of dogs uh, produced all the other breeds that we have today, whether it's a dash hound or a wolf hound or, you know, whatever, a Dalmatian or whatever it is. All of those different looking dogs came from the first, those two dogs that either got off the ark or, or left the, or were in the Garden of Eden, right? Well, the same kind of principle applies to humans as well. We have uh, genetics, DNA in our cells that have instructions on how to build our bodies. When we're born, the way that we look is because of those instructions in our cells, in that DNA. And so um, that information is what we're going to talk about a little bit. And I'm going to try to do as best a job as I can to communicate some maybe tricky things. But um, let's see how we go. So here's a chart of skin shades. Now I should say that that, that coloration that we have in our skins unless you're albino, which means you don't have that coloration and those people really look more whitish or pink because they don't, they don't have the pigment in their skin. The pigment, the main pigment in our skin that gives us our color is melanin. And some of us have a little bit of it, like me. Some of us have a lot of it. And, and so they look very different from me. Um, but this chart represents kind of the different possibilities of combinations, okay? so. Uh, for dark skin, you would have uh, all capital A's and B's, all right? And then for uh, light skin, you would only have little A's and little B's. 
And then you can make a mixture of those, those A's and B's and get the different gradations of skin tone on this chart. So does that make sense to you? You know, if, if your parents have, well, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. All right, so my question then is what shade or not, not skin color, but what shade of skin did Adam and Eve have? We're gonna go all the way back to the beginning. All right, so think about it this way. We've been mistaught because a lot of children's books and a lot of images that people make showing Adam and Eve tend to make them look like me. And that's bad because that's miscommunicating to people. Because then, then it really confuses people and they say, well, if Adam and Eve look like that, then where did all the darker shades come from? Because people that look like that don't have dark, darker babies, right? Okay, so that's, that's legitimate, but we shouldn't be making Adam and Eve look like that. And when I made Adam and Eve in my book, A is for Adam, in my uh, After Eden book, I tried to make them with, uh, with a middle skin, like not really dark, but not really light, somewhere in the middle. Because, well, let's think about it this way. If Adam and Eve were light-skinned like that, light hair, light-skinned, they would have just little A's and little B's. So all of their children then would look like that. And that's not the way the world looks, is it? Okay, so, but the same is true for the other end of the spectrum. If Adam and Eve only were dark and they had big A's and big B's, what would their children look like? Their children would look just like them, only with dark skin, right? But that's not the case. So what has to happen? Adam and Eve probably, they, each, each of those cases lacks the variation needed to get anything else. So Adam and Eve probably started in the middle with big A's and big B's and little A's and little B's. And so when they had, a, when they had babies then, there was any of those combinations. Remember that chart that I showed you? any of those combinations would be possible. So um, their family could look like that, all in one generation, which is kind of amazing, right? To have um, mom and dad, and then you have children that have a wide range of skin tones and facial features and all kinds of things. That's pretty wild. Now some of you might be thinking, Oh, that's nice artwork there, Dan. Um, nice story you're telling us, but that probably doesn't play out in the real world. Well, um, we do have a wide range of skin tones in the world today. That's what we see. But there's also some very interesting genetic events that happen when mom and dad have the right combination of information in their genes. Now, here's some pictures. These are, these are absolutely real, okay? and they're becoming more and more common, and I wish more people would see these things because I think it would really put a dent in the perception of racial tensions and fighting and all that sort of stuff. Those two babies are twins. Think that's real? It absolutely is. Those two babies are twins, okay? Those two girls uh, are, are twins. Uh, the father was Jamaican and the mother was English. So mom had one set of genes for light skin, dad had 
the set of genes for dark skin. And so when the babies were being formed, those are the combination of information that they ended up with, and that's what you get. All right, here's another instance of light and dark babies that are twins. Mom and dad, I think, started out kind of in the middle. In India, it's interesting because you can have families with dark and light skin in one generation, and mom and dad look kind of like that. So it's, it's how genes work. It's how genetics work. Those are those same little girls uh, years later. So again, dark and light twins. It's genetics. We're all human. Okay? I think it's pretty amazing stuff. Really cool stuff. And that's, uh, that's how God has made us. So lots of examples are coming out. And we collect them as a ministry. We try to hang on to those things because we love to show them to people. All right, so here's a song that a lot of us were raised with. And I think there's a part of it that I'd like to see changed. Because again, when we call other people different colors from ourselves, it makes them separate from us. It makes them more different than they need to be. All right, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. Is anyone in here really white? No, if you put a white sheet of paper up to my face, would I look like that sheet of paper? Would I be white? No. If someone uh, took a, a black sheet of paper and put that up to their face, were they really black? No. You're, you're maybe a darker brown or something like that, but it's, we're, we're not really those colors. And so I think a better version of that song would be to say shades of brown from dark to light. All are precious in his sight. And that brings us, it, it helps us to feel more like a family altogether. All right, so how many skin colors do you see here? One, one skin color, All right? One in different amounts. Then how many races do you see here? One. Okay, well, let's, let's answer that question. Um, are all of these people related to Adam and Eve? Yes. Absolutely are. Let's go uh, take a look at that. Genesis 3.20 says, Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was mother of all the living. Everyone in here, including me, goes back to Adam and Eve. And that's very, very important. So yes, there's only one race. Regardless of what you hear in the news about different races, if you think biblically, there's one. All right, the human race. So in this picture, who could you be related to? All of them, all these people. In fact, well, I, I know them all, okay? Um, and we are all related to every one of them. Okay, so why doesn't everyone have children of different skin shades? You know, remember those, those moms and dads that had twins that were dark and light? That doesn't tend to happen to, to everybody, right? So there's something else that has to be talked about to explain why, you know, different countries, people have a general similar look or families do the same type of thing. Okay, so back to our genetics. And uh, the things that make us up and the information that we're born within ourselves. Again, um, the spreading out over the earth has something to do with it. And uh, think about this. Now, these 
two, these three couples here are Noah's sons and their wives. And so they got off the ark and they had children and their, fam- their children had children. And, and, and so it uh, turned into a bunch of people, didn't it? And all of those different people had different genetic qualities. Uh, some people had light skin, some people had dark skin and different facial features and that, that sort of thing. Part of the explanation, it gets, it gets a little deeper than this, but part of the explanation would be that when they split up, that God gave the different genetic makeups maybe a common language. And so that helped divide up the, the population according to genetics as well. So not only did they have a, a similar language, but maybe some had um, more light skin and maybe some had more darker skin or whatever the qualities are. And now we look at the populations today and we see different, what, we, what people call races. Uh, I like to refer to them as people groups. And um, some of them have different looks about them because of the genetics that they took with them at the time of uh, the Tower of Babel. All right, so that's just the simplification. There's, there's a lot more to that. Sometimes the area that a, a, a pop, uh, sometimes an area that we, we go to, say light-skinned people, we don't do so well in very, very sunny places because that melanin in our skin protects us from the sun. And I have a little bit of it, and so I can get burned really easily. Well, if you have darker skin, you have more natural protection from that sort of thing. And so this tends to be the, the case. Areas of the world that have more sun tend to have people with darker skin because they do better there. People in less sunny areas tend to have lighter skin because they're not in such danger from sun there. So you, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a combination of different things, but um, that helps explain why we have the different looks that we do. And, um, and then the family looks that we have depend on the information that mom and dad have. And if they don't have particular sets of information, then their children tend to look very similar, limited to what the information that they have in their genes. So, genetics is fun stuff. Um, but let's think about it this way. As people, we get caught up sometimes looking at the outside of other people. We judge them by what they look like. You know, you look different from me, and so I'm, I've, I don't feel like I have things in common, and I'm going to stay away from you because I like people that look like me. We tend to be like that. And that's not how God wants us to function. God wants us to look at the person as a family member. He wants us to look not at the outside, but at the inside. He wants us to look at, uh, consider people's minds and people's needs and uh, the heart of the person and their cares and their hurts and especially their spiritual condition. Do they know Christ? Do you want them to know Christ? Think about this, in 1 Samuel 16, It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. If you know what that instance in scripture was, they were looking for a king for Israel, 
And um, Saul was was um, big, tall, big, and handsome, and um, they were looking for a king, and they found something that wasn't what they were looking for. The Lord does not look at the, the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And uh, boy, is that a, that's a good thing. But at the same time, it's kind of scary because the Lord can see our hearts, and we have to be true to him. And uh, sometimes we can hide things because people can't see that. But look at, look at the person for who they are and not what they look like. Okay, so how many races do we see here? One. Well, how many skin colors do you see? One. Who could you be related to? All of them. How many people in this room are related to each other? Look at those people right there. That is your family. We're all family members of the same family. So, again, Scripture makes a huge difference in how we see the world and how we react with each other. So, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your, your word, for the truth therein, that everyone in this room is a relation to each other. You've made us one big family. Help us to get along as one big family with you as our Father. And uh, we trust in you for the events of the day. Help us tonight, too, as things are kind of uh, going to be kind of heavy with the results of people thinking not like you, but like, like sinful man. Um, Lord, help us to go and please you today. In your name we pray. Amen.